It's been three months since the death by suicide of a U Ottawa student shook our campus, forcing the university administration to acknowledge the mental health demands of students. Since then, we've seen small but noticeable changes in our mental health services. We've had a wellness week. We've seen active listening sessions at the Peer Help Center, longer hours for walk-in therapy, and recognition from the administration that this campus is facing a mental health crisis, but not at the pace some students hoped for. I'm Anshul Sharma, and this is One in Five, a mental health podcast produced by CHUO 89.1 FM. Please know that you are in the thoughts of our community where every single life is cherished and every loss is mourned deeply. Having worked with students my entire career and as parent myself, this news is heartbreaking. The voice you just heard is President Jacques Fremont in a press conference following the most recent death. Not the one three months ago, but another student death that occurred this February. That's the fifth student death this campus has seen in 10 months. The day after that statement was given, students organized a sit-in at Tuberay Hall in front of the president's office in protest. But how did it come to this? We spoke to various students on campus and student groups about their own experiences with mental health. Uh, my name is Camelia. You can call me Camelia. Uh, I am a second year student at the University of Ottawa in Let Francaise. So my name is Dominic Champagne Hartley. I'm in psychology, my first year of doing psychology, but my second year of being at the University of Ottawa. My name is Kelly. I'm studying psychology and I'm doing also a minor in French. It's my second year at U Ottawa. What was your experience with mental health at U Ottawa? The big thing that I found with, on campus is that once you need more specialized care, you're forced to leave campus. So when I was in residence, at some point, like, I had a really tough time first year. I was in a program that wasn't the right fit for me. My friend ended up calling like, protection because he was worried about me. And so protection, send, usually they send two people. They go in pairs, which is like a good system, make sure that they're good, that everyone else is good. But for some reason, for a 130-pound, 5'5", first-year student, they sent four very large men to my door. And I knocked at my residence door where I was just crying, sitting on my bed, chilling. And I answered the door and they opened up with, you know why we're here, in a very aggressive tone, which immediately made me feel like I was a criminal, like I was a perpetrator or something, like I'd done something wrong. Well, before I start, before I start university, that was in 2018, I, I had a psychoeducational assessment at the university here. And I was diagnosed with like learning disorders and stuff. And I already had mental health, di- mental illnesses, di- the diagnoses before. So the, the person that did my assessment, the, uh, the professionals suggested that I call the mental health services at U Ottawa here before I start university because the waiting list is long to have access to therapy because private practice is really expensive. And, uh, this is, this was supposed to be like, a more affordable way for students to access therapy. So I did, and that was in May 2018. And I shared with them my documents, my information and everything. And I've been, I'm still on the waiting list. It's been, yeah, it's been more than, it's been almost two years that I'm on the waiting list. And well, obviously I couldn't wait anymore. So I, I'm still on the waiting list, but I'm also seeing a a therapist in private practice. I'm paying 
$170 per week. The full interviews we conducted with these students and more will be released in the coming weeks. For this episode, we're going to look at how students have taken mental health into their own hands when support from the university just doesn't cut it, with interviews from the UO Collective for Mental Health and an art therapy club started by students called Art for Change. You might have heard about the UO Collective by now, a mental health movement co-founded by five U Ottawa students, Max, Angela, Nick, Catherine, and Laura. So my name is uh, Maxim Lee. I'm a second-year student in the Masters of Communication. Um, well, my name is Catherine McIsaac. I'm in second-year criminology at UOttawa. My name is Angela. I'm in my third year of political science at UOttawa. And my name is Laura O'Connor, and I'm in my third year of political science and communication at the University of Ottawa. It's a Facebook group with over 900 members where students have shared petitions, personal stories, and projects related to mental health at UOttawa and beyond. So we wanted to know, is there a need for more peer-based support that this group and others like it are filling? Yeah, I guess the culture around the university, at least from student perspective, it's very, from student to student, we have a lot of, a big sense of solidarity, at least I think, in my opinion. I know that in my classes, at least at the master's level, if people are stressed or whatever, you know, we go to the pub and rant about it. Um, we actually have a, a group called Thesis Rant or whatever, and let's say people want to rant about their supervisor, their work, their research, they're tired or whatnot. We say, okay, you know what? How about we get together Friday at the Royal Oak here in front of campus and rant? Mm-hmm. And so we do that. Uh, that sounds and, healthy. Yeah, no, it's a very healthy way to, you know, uh, express our frustrations and uh, reduce our stress and anxiety, anxiety levels uh, uh, towards school. And especially, um, you know, for graduate students, the services might not necessarily be there either or we might not necessarily have time or we're usually isolated in our research right so i guess it combats this feeling of isolations you have you have sometimes and it's a really uh it's, it's really nice to see when it happens and so culture wise throughout the university in general i know that in my undergrad sometimes i felt pretty alone and if my friends weren't there or whatnot you know it could be pretty lonely but thankfully i had my family you know, my brother now i have my dog mm-hmm. who is a fantastic uh, individual i love my dog but yeah if if i didn't have this good peer support network i you know i'd probably be uh, i'd probably you know not be uh, in a very healthy state of mind and so thankfully i had these resources but not everyone has that what are your goals with the facebook group going forward i think that obviously our immediate goals have to do with the University of Ottawa mental health care system. We would love to see better access to mental health care, more conversation around health care, sensitivity training given to staff. Um, I also think it's important to recognize that the University of Ottawa, university in general, is typically a transitionary phase for many people. And many people either experience kind of a change in identity, how they perceive themselves, and that can be really stressful. so that, I think, heightens the need. I also would love to see the mental health care system at UOttawa and staff, uh, administrative staff, professors, et cetera, et cetera, just be generally more um, inclusive of their language. Uh, I think at this point, it's 2020. We see uh, the whole host uh, whole spectrum of gender on campus. We see uh, people of color, LGBT plus folks, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't really feel that a lot of staff is as inclusive as they could be. Regarding those issues, I also feel that uh, 
mental health care and staff needs they need to understand what trauma informed care is and that again Angela mentioned that we can't blame our mental health care issues directly on the university but some responsibility should be given the for example sexual assault on university campus it happens and it's not a it's not uh it's not a rarity it's unfortunately happens much more than it should mm-hmm. um we've seen racist in, uh instances exactly. on campus that happens and it's problematic and those people deserve to have trauma-informed care that um is there to help them yeah so one thing one of the demands in the petition uh was a sit down not only with the university, but with other stakeholders. So it's the province, Ministry of Education. Uh, recently, the Minister of Education for the province uh, announced that the, he would um, you know, he would allocate, I think, $2 million or something, or $6 million, millions of dollars towards uh, mental health, but for uh, high school students, which is a great start because I think mental health uh, issues don't necessarily, um, well, some of them do start in university, but maybe some of those carry on from high school. So if you develop a good environment in high school with appropriate mental health services, perhaps that will give more you know, coping skills for students moving on towards um, you know, college or university. So it's a good start. But we haven't seen this money go towards universities, um, at least at the provincial level. So, of course, the demands would be to have this set down with the Ministry of Education, Ministry of Health, and the university and figure out if we can allocate money, if there are solutions that could work for everyone uh, towards mental health. And so, yeah, that's one of the demands. But otherwise, with Michel Guibault, I think he was really interested, uh, from what I've heard, uh, about, you know, this uh, this wellness, uh, sort of this wellness uh, attitude for uh, for campus. And he is the... Uh, he is the director for mental health services and well-being, um, and if you know if it's if, if if well-being is you know what is part of his mandate, perhaps that us as students have ideas as to what well-being could look like on campus, and perhaps he could facilitate uh, organizing those and I guess ensuring their uh, their sustainability. While the UO Collective was promised a discussion with Michel Guibault, the Vice President of Student Services at the University of Ottawa, before this interview took place, they now say that the meeting was cancelled and they haven't heard any follow-up to their requests to meet with the administration. However, after the sit-in protest in February, President Jacques Fremont agreed to a meeting. For me, I think I would love to see a year where there's no email in our inbox from anyone who works for the university apologizing for another death on campus. That would be ideal. That'd be beautiful. Um, but I think on a more personal level, just to the people who have so far joined the UO Collective page, like I've been getting all their stories. I've been getting all of their experiences. And I just want them to know that even if the professionals on campus have not listened to them as well as they should have, that we are we speak for them and we're like, we're their voice because we can't have obviously 500 people in here saying, sharing their experience. So we're trying to keep it simple. But if anything, just to the people who have been so amazing to share their like incredibly personal experiences that if nothing else that they're heard by us. The Art for Change is a new club on campus that strives to provide a safe space for students to explore art as an alternative outlet to traditional therapy. We spoke to its founders about their goals for the club and how students can get involved. So my name is Natalie Elkermi. I'm a third-year psych major. Uh, My name is Mary Hassan. I am a third-year health science major. I'm the president and co-founder of the Art for Change. And then I'm the VP. 
So what exactly is the purpose of the Art for Change? So um, we want to promote mental health through art. To me, art has always been such an expressive way to de-stress myself and to work on myself. Art was such a big a thing for both of us in high school. Um, we had really great teachers um, that supported us and we were able to do such big projects for different galleries and associations and stuff but um, once we got into university I think just the workload of everything got so much to the point where we weren't focusing on ourselves as well and we wanted to create something different and new and offer that to everyone else. Our first event we're trying to incorporate also the residences on campus so we would have just like a drop-in type of paint night where hopefully a lot of res students will come join, just participate, engage, talk to each other, um, hopefully de-stress from midterms. I think that would be great. And what made you want to do this for mental health? So I'm hearing a lot about like how art is really good at de-stressing. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you want to do this now? Um, I think after last year's circumstances, um, I think the last email we got really hit both of us and when I read it I had this just sudden urge to do something about it and I wanted to do some kind of art installation for the students but for them to interact in a way anonymously and just speak up about it because it's definitely something that is always mentioned but not not a lot of things are done about it and so yeah we wanted to get that started and how can students participate in your club um so like we said we have like a bunch of events coming up this semester um mostly paint nights but we also have like natalie said uh we have um art installations that we're going to be putting around throughout the semester um so it's pretty much post-it notes that we will um like prompt students with and they will anonymously just engage in it and direct interact with whatever's on the actual board um hopefully it gets filled up and we just see like like i feel like after seeing all that all the different perspectives of people and how they feel other people will also feel like supported and have you guys um accessed any mental health services on campus yourselves or heard any stories from students about it um yeah i've personally had my own experience with the mental health support team here um, I don't really know. It hasn't been, like, the greatest support. I've had some bad experiences with them, and that obviously kind of had, like, a negative effect and kind of brings, like... Pushes y- you to not want yeah, to seek help. exactly. In a way. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I went to get help as well last year uh, sometime. Um, realized that talking was definitely not for me, so I think that the art aspect of this club is a really good way for people who don't like actually talking about their feelings to get it out somehow yeah and to express themselves Mm -hmm. yeah exactly i think to us it's really important just also like art is such a universal language and it's a great way for people to express themselves without using those words that can be really hard to um get out there sometimes yeah, for sure. Um, and do you think that having this run, this club run by students, um, do you think that that will impact the way 
students relate to it or participate in it as opposed to having it run by like university administration? Um, I think it creates a different impact. Um, it really provides a more student-led perspective like on things on yeah. campus. Um, but yeah, like I feel like, especially for us, we like talking about our problems with peers rather than adults. So in terms of that, getting like stranger, like any type of strangers just interacting with each other rather than having professional sort of not look down, but, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a different environment. It definitely is, yeah. So you guys find that it's more casual and it's... It's more comfortable. Yeah. yeah definitely. We would love to have other people just suggest different things they want to see happen with the club, just through social media. If you guys follow us from there, we'll always be posting, asking questions, and we would love to have more people just put in their thought and what they think and what they want to see. Great. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. That wraps up our episode today. A special thank you goes out to the contributors who brought you this podcast. Condi Duyanzi, Moira Wilson, and Jonathan DiCarlo. From CHO, I'd like to thank Mickey Akarasoe and Michael T. Connolly. And finally, I'd like to thank our sources for sharing their stories with us. If you have a story you'd like to share, shoot us a message on Instagram or Twitter at underscore one in five, and be sure to subscribe for notifications on future episodes wherever you get your podcasts.